We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? I have two incredibly special guests for an incredibly special win that we are recapping today. Alex Sturm of Nets Daily. We've got Doug Barrick of Nets World. He is the king of Nets World, the president of Nets World. Alec, how are we doing, my friend? Doug, how are we doing, my friend? Hey, Jack. What's going on? It's, I mean, super hyped after a game like that. The Nets have been missing a win like that. I'm just, oh, even with that kind of finish, it was just too exciting to beat a team like the Bucks without Ben Simmons, without Kevin Durant, without, I mean, still so many guys. Much needed win. Huge win for the Nets. Probably the best of the year. Uh, yeah, no, it was phenomenal. Um, I was one of the people who tweeted schedule loss once I saw who was available. I'm like, I really hope KD is available. Um, but um, I, I said one of the first things I said when I was in uh, Nets Twitter spaces was that it was the four-year anniversary of my dad and I watching uh, the Drazen game at uh, Barclays. Not, sorry, Drazen night, not Drazen game, unfortunately. Uh, rest in peace. But um, it was the night where my dad and I had the, this popular gift come to life. And four years later, we were together watching at um, my parents' place. And I'm speechless, but I won't be for long. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Special night all around for all of us. Thanks for sharing that with us, Doug. That's really, that's really, really cool. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get stuck into many, many of things. There's so many things to touch on. Great performances all around from Drummond, Kyrie, Bruce Brown, James Johnson even chipping in. He's been the bipolar Nets uh, whipping boy for a long time. But uh, to kick things off, Kevin Durant's quote and Alex Schiff, this is by Alex Schiffer, that's a Brooklyn Nets win right there. You could see the stank face, you know, when the, the free throws were hitting and Giannis you know, missed that three. Alec, did you think that three was going in when you saw Giannis shoot it? I I mean, more more than the Giannis three, the Bobby Portis three that James Johnson blocked, that was the one. Because, I mean, you, you don't really block jump shots. You don't really see that happening. So when that one, I'm, I'm like, okay, that, that's the game. That or they're, they're taking the lead here. The Giannis three, I was so... I didn't even – I thought the game was over for, like, the last 15 minutes. I didn't even think about that one. But the, the Bobby Portis one for you, that was where I was out of my mind. Doug, where were you at in the final – yeah, I know. Where were you at in the final sort of stretch My of the energy game? was more focused on the Drummond made free throws than I was on a Giannis three-point attempt. That was a, ch- a curry chuck. Like, I didn't think he was going to make it. I thought that was very stupid by him. But what else – what other choices did he have, you know? I mean – 
Go, mate. There, there was like there was like a Drummond watch in those final 20 seconds. Like, okay, he's on the free throw line, and now he's he's inbounding. Oh no, no, he's not inbounding, and he's in the front court. Now he's in the back court, and like the Nets coaching staff was like moving, drumming around because like you can do these things really well, and you also do these these things really badly. So we need, and we can only get you off the floor sometimes, and that was that was my main stressor down the stretch. I mean, in a game where Kyrie Irving had his best game of the season. Andre Drummond had probably the two biggest highlights, which is saying something in a game with Kyrie freaking Irving absolutely going off. You know, Alec, what was better, the block or the dunk? Oh, oh, the block, I think, almost. Because, like, on Giannis, oh, yeah. like, with, like, 20 seconds left? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, come on. And that center hasn't blocked Giannis in, like, forever. Very true. Uh, that was it Jared Allen, I assume? Yeah. I, I don't Jared, think Claxton four, has, but I generally don't years. remember. But I do agree the block, the momentum was much stronger. The dunk was cool, but it maybe would have gotten me more if that and one was counted. It wasn't just a dunk. Like, there's the refereeing got better towards the end of the game. Like, they almost, well, we'll talk about it later, but that, uh, the fact that, Steve, all I'm going to say, the fact that Steve Nash, didn't get to use a challenge on several occasions and he got to keep it after the win is just like, I'm so floored by it. Always going to be upset when he doesn't use a challenge, but wow, he got lucky. Yeah. I mean, the, he did, he certainly did get lucky. And I think Nets fans got lucky that, you know, the referees came together and I think it was the Grayson Allen three point foul. Was it all and when, and then they sort of came together and they were like, you know what? No, it was before the shot, and there was uh, no. There so was that one's the one they screwed up. It was, um, yes. I think Middleton. Middleton, Middleton or Holiday. I don't remember which one at this point, but yeah, no, the Grayson Allen one was stupid that that counted because it was the same exact call. Yeah, it was literally the they, same. They thing. fouled before the shooting motion, and yep. whatever. I guess karma or ball don't lie, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Look, so thankfully the, I mean the Nets haven't had any luck. You know, the past eighteen months it feels. It's about time that we got we had a little that went our way. But we got to get stuck into Kyrie Irving, lads. 39 minutes for him tonight, 14 of 26 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, 8 of 9 from the free throw line. You know, he missed that one down the stretch, and it was a surprise because he's, he's such a clutch free throw shooter ever since he's entered the league. 38 points, 2 steals, 5 assists, 5 boards, only the 2 turnovers as well. Alec, is this, where does this rank as Kyrie Irving performances as a Brooklyn net? This is, I mean, I, I didn't know if that question was coming, but it's it's got to be up there. You think you think back to some of Kyrie's like most signature games as a net, and I mean because of some of the tough loss you the tough luck you just mentioned, like a lot of them have come in losses. You think of like his fifty point game in his debut and some of the classic playoff performances. Like these are to have it come in a win in Milwaukee, which they didn't do at all in the playoffs last year. That's a huge deal. Really got to propel him up. Yeah, to really bounce off that, uh, it's probably a top five regular season performance. It felt like a playoff Kai. Um, the most special game that I've seen in person was that game versus the Bulls. What was it, the 54-point or whatever it was? Something absurd. Would, um, but, yeah, this was probably the most special because it was a more difficult team. Um, and he looked – he was in playoff form. Like, for a guy who didn't play in, what, two weeks – um, didn't have a lot of live game action. It's astonishing what he could do, especially that shot over Ibaka, for example. He had a lot of tough 
shots. Um, he was tripled. It looked like he was tripled and maybe even quadruple teamed at times. Like our spacing was horrific. So the fact that he did what he did, um, you know, he was the shot in the arm we all needed. And it's funny because I feel like when he it was like first announced that he would be brought back part time, there were so many questions about like, are you trying to like not make the top half of the playoffs now? Like, are you trying to get him for more home games? How is this going to work with team chemistry? Like all this. And I think the one question that I was never worried about, like, is is his going play going to be affected? He didn't play for the last two weeks because of all-star break and home games. And he comes back and has his best performance of the year. Like the one thing about Kyrie Irving, criticism and all, he will play when he's on the floor. He will give it his all and he will put out stellar performances no matter how long he's been off the court. And as a shot creator, that's like one of his skill sets that um, some other stars that we've had on our team relatively recently uh, did not <laughs> have. Pardon. Sorry, sorry, Doug. I didn't um, mean to interrupt. Got a bit of a call. Yeah, I do not anticipate there would have been a similar. I think the Bucks would have been able to handle a less shot-creating um, combo guard that may or may not have just been mentioned a couple seconds ago. Um, but Kyrie don't quit. I think that there's an attitude that Kyrie Irving brings to the Nets, and there's just a, a an intangible leadership that he has and KD has. And this team, you know, when Kyrie Irving is out there and just going crazy, he's unstoppable. Like, he's truly one of the great tough shot makers that we have ever seen. I've, I said on, on my, my Twitter that I think he's the best ever. And you watch tonight's game, you, it's a really hard argument to go against him. That shot to end the half where he sort of stepped through, stepped back to the side. His handle is obviously unparalleled. And then just some of the shots over just defense defenders that were just like draped all over him, as Doug was mentioning. It's just like, Alec, what was your top highlight from Kyrie tonight? My my top highlight? Oh, man. I think, I mean, all those, the, I, more than just the highlight, you think of like the consistent mid-range shots like the second and third quarter when you have to sustain the nets when they're like down six down eight making the run and then the and the consistent sustained free throw shooting he missed one but it was just one he finished i think seven of eight or eight of nine and then you hear him in the post-game press conference with lisa salters the first thing he brings up is that one missed shot uh, that that's what athletes will always do i like you talk to them post-game it's like oh how many free throws do i have or not free throws, turnovers. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't care like how many points I scored. It's that one turnover, that one missed free throw, and he's he's such a perfectionist. He's always narrowing down on that one thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm I was still leaning on the Ibaka one because he Serge is known as Ibaka by Iron Eagle, so that was quite impressive. There were some other ones. Um, the fact that I, I mean, I'm not perfect and expert when it comes to the rules, but like JC. I felt it was hand-checking Kyrie, but maybe it's my eyes. Maybe I'm not full with the rules, but the fact that some of the things he did and then he, he made Jay, uh, made him look like a non-basketball player, like when it came to his ability, he, it, it seemingly made him look like he was locking up Kyrie in the first half, but the second half, no one could keep up with him. It is disgusting what he does to people on the court. Like It is unethical, but God, I love that he's on our team for it. That's oh, all I got to say. It's... It's a spiritual experience, as Kevin Durant has, has put out. Oh, yes. Sage hours. Oh, sage hours. Who needs scary hours when you've got sage hours? It's funny. You guys have got the Google Doc that I sent you as well. And I'm always, like, typing in, you know, like, important moments from the game. And I have 20 Kyrie highlights on my Google Doc right now. 20. And, like, he 
he was just awesome. And it wasn't just the shot making as well. You know, some of the passes, the cuts that he made, you know, I think that, you know, Matt Brooks has spoken about it quite a bit and, and people smarter than me have spoken about how Kyrie is as an off-ball player um, and how he's, you know, been able to just, the way he just finds space in places that he shouldn't find space. You know, Doug touched on, you know, the lack of spacing. You know, we saw that starting five and it's just like, oh, okay, here we go. He's kind but, of like into a mouse where they can get through almost any size hole yeah. just to get, like, all in it. As, as long as their head goes through, the rest of their body makes it through. Like, it's crazy what he can do. Mouse in the house, yeah. Normally for big man, that's great to be matched up to a little, but you don't want to be matched up with Kyrie. The, oh, no. he was getting... And his post-ups, like, it made yeah. me remember, remember when he talked to Katie on the Etcetera's podcast about that? <laughs> I, he kind of has some argument that he, he, he should be posting up a little bit more. Look, I, there was just so many different occasions, you know, there was fallaways and, and like, he had a, a really clutch defensive play, you know, in the uh, the mid moments and, and later moments of the, of the fourth quarter where he forced the turnover and the Nets were able to get the ball back. It was as complete a Kyrie performance as you can get. And the shots that he missed tonight, I was just paying attention because there's times where you watch Kyrie play and he can force it a little bit and or there's good defense on him. All the shots that he missed tonight, at least from how I watched it, it was just him missing. It wasn't, you know, the defense was good. Drew Holiday's one of the best guard defenders that we've seen in, in a very, very long time. You know, Javon Carter was guarding him, you know, the, the entire full court. And Kyrie Irving was just doing absolutely everything. And it was just... No one could guard him. If you had prime Scotty Pippen out there and prime Tony Allen and prime Gary Payton combined, I don't think they could have guarded Kyrie Irving tonight. It was special. And I think I said this on like the halftime spaces as well, that I was just like, I hope this game is one of the games that isn't forgotten because it's a a loss. And I know Alec touched on this a a little bit off-wax when we were chatting too, that the Nets have needed like this sort of statement game. And Kyrie Irving has, has had plenty of them. That Miami Heat game was insane. That Golden State Warriors game was insane. Both incredible performances from Kai, but both of them moral losses. What does this win mean? And what does this Kyrie Irving performance mean, Alec, in the grand scheme of things? I think it means a lot for this Nets team, this locker room, locker room especially. This is a team that's been preaching post-game. Yeah, we know we're down players. We know we're down pieces, but we know if we just get healthy, we have something real here. And I don't know how soon they're going to get healthy, and I don't know if they're going to have enough time to get healthy. But what it does is it sustains the hope, and it's real hope. Like, you see them beat the defending champions on their home floor, even when they're down some big, big pieces. And you see them go down, like, eight points, like, a few minutes after the game. They're like, okay, so this is another 20, 15-point loss, 30-point loss, whatever it is. And... They don't have to, like, spin a narrative to the post-game media about how they know people are coming back. They can just be straight and be honest and be like, yeah, we are this team and we are these guys. And we showed it to not only the world, but to ourselves. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash blue wire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and jumping off that, um, kind of Kyrie said it on his uh, Twitch uh, streaming, he needs a much better camera, but he mentioned, <laughs> like, we got to watch out for the Nets, like, when we all start coming back, and yeah, he, I, I guess we can kind of scratch off that Celtics game right after the break, you know, it's like the uh, jet lag or spring break kind of lag in winter, but we saw a highlight of what we can truly be. Um, it was a nice spark. Um, people were saying in the Nets first space I was in that it's kind of like the Nets don't have to be as urgent to bring back KD. But yes, I would still like him for those Raptor games. Like I, you should prioritize your conference rivals. You should prioritize people in your division, especially tiebreakers. And the, these Raptor games are huge. But the fact that we won tonight in what I deem to schedule loss, it's phenomenal. And like Alex said, we don't know when we're getting these guys back. KD this week. Ben Simmons still probably next week, uh, the following. Um, and Joe, I want a little bit more information because someone quoted as playing, but I didn't hear the full Woj tweet. So I want to do, do hear a little bit more about that. And um, Joe playing? Yeah, Woj, I think it was on NBA Countdown. Or I don't know if someone misquoted him. I was really confused. Maybe they meant practicing, Yeah, which is an entirely different P word. Yeah. But- <laughs> um that i don't know does I, not align with what i've heard but well that was well, that's why i was completely confused because to me they're due for a new evaluation of what's going to happen with an ankle yeah they they are getting to that timeline point where it's 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 been a minute especially since his agent said something so um but yeah anyways back to the game it's 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 the spark we need it's a new hope um you know it's going to be our return of the jedi moment let's uh keep pushing into the next question i mean i'm i'm throwing out harry potter references on this podcast we need some star wars stuff and that's why doug's here that's why i called you on man i knew it but yeah i think it was that third quarter that was just an absolute turning point because you know at halftime the nets are down six points and they're hanging around and they're playing you know pretty good basketball i know i think doug jumped into the spaces as well and sort of saying you know it's decent enough on both sides of the floor and you know this is a fully healthy milwaukee bucks team sans brooke lopez and, and brooke lopez is an important player but he isn't Ben Simmons or Kevin Durant or Joe Harris. He's in three of your four best players. So the fact that the Nets were able to hang in and play, you know, decent basketball on either ends of the floor. Yes, there were some mistakes and some James Johnson stuff here or there, some poor shot creation and just some some poor offense and poor defense, you know, lapses. But the Nets were they were showing the heart, the mentality, the aggression, and just you know, just hanging in like a, a good team does. The Nets grit. But that third quarter, Alec, was that the best quarter that the Brooklyn Nets have played this year? 43 points. Yeah, I think so. I think you think back to some of the other blowouts they've had against like teams like Boston. But at a certain point, if you're talking about like, the best quarter, best stretch of play this team has had all year, this team, I mean, this team is a post-Harden team now. You you have to look at this team without James Harden, with, with who they are now. And this is the best they've looked since he's gone. And at a certain point, I don't care what they did when he was on the team because he won't be on the team to finish the year. So all of that kind of goes out the window. And this is the best they've looked since he left, for without a doubt. Yeah, the scoring output was our most consistent. It wasn't one like a 19 point and you're getting your normal scoring throughout the game or vice versa. You have a high scoring, then you just completely implode like there was none of that so which uh credit to the team 
I'll credit Nash a little bit, even though I still have some skepticism to how he handled tonight. Um, but that 43, you know, it was crazy when you saw the 17-7 run or whatever it was at the time. Chris Mulholland tweeted. I was just like, this is an example of why Budge probably should have been fired, but the championship that they got lucky on saved him. Um, yeah. Nash, yeah. Nash definitely is the better coach of the two, um, and I will definitely give him that. So. Definitely. I, I think that tonight we saw some some things from Steve Nash, which were frustrating. You know, we saw the starting five or whatever, but at the same time, you know, he was making the right adjustments. You know, the defense for offense to end the game, you know, the little thing, showing a, a sense of emotion that we finally saw from him. You know, James Johnson got that epic block and he was calling the timeout. And I've never seen Steve Nash that animated as the Nets head coach yet. And and it was good to see. And it was really, really cool to see for for once and, and you know in terms of being the best quarter the Nets have played this year it's pretty obvious that it was and I think at one point they were like 13 of 16 from the field against the Bucks team again that has Giannis Chris Middleton Drew Holiday three really really good defender all Chris Middleton might not be amazing but Giannis is a defensive player of the year candidate and Drew Holiday is again one of the best guard defenders uh, in the league and, and for a long long time generational in in that respect so the fact that the Nets were able to just Get shoot at will and you know cam thomas was hitting shots james johnson was hitting threes for some reason bruce brown was obviously hitting threes as well it was you know it was just a, an absolute smorgasbord of offense uh, for the nets and it was timely because that gave them a little bit of momentum and there were back and forth runs you know 10-0 run here an 8-0 run there and the fact that they were able to hang in and show the character and to maintain it you know in that fourth quarter you know I, I think we, we haven't even touched on so many different elements. Goran Dragic, Andre Drummond, Bruce Brown, James Johnson. We might be here for a little while, lads. Alec, where do you want to go to next? I think I think Dragic is a big deal here. He he obviously didn't play maybe as much as some fans would have wanted, but he was out there featured prominently. And the the impact that we thought he would have on this team was present very quickly. We saw him as a lead ball handler. We saw him as someone who was initiating offense. We saw him off ball just a little bit. He was hitting a three-pointer. He was making some plays. Like, this is the Goran Dragic that we imagined. A big part of the Goran Dragic signing for me was we got to see Patty Mills not dribble and not bring the ball up. And now it's like, good for Patty. Like, he deserves it. He doesn't deserve this workload that he's gotten, like, this unfair workload. So I'm really happy that he's been able to reprise more of the role that he should be in. And I think the Dragic signing just indicates it's it's all it, not that it's only up from here, but it's his first game with the team and it's a statement win. That feels good for his integration. Yeah, and it bounce off. Uh, that gives me two take points, one on Dragic um, himself. Yeah, the box score didn't show great plus minus, but you it's more than just a box score game for him. You saw the team's energy, the team's movement. And when he hit those shots, those were some pretty Dracaris, man. That's fire right now. And to bounce off Patty, I actually thought, because Patty wasn't having a great night, he kind of looked like Joe Harris in the playoff moment. I know those are two of your loves, Jack. But um, I, I thought they should have rested Patty. Like, he's been on a slump. He can finally rest. And obviously, we're not putting him down. Like, let him get that rest. Let him get that R&R he deserves so he can slowly reintegrate him. Because I, I felt Nash... Um, was having trouble juggling his guard rotation. And we can talk about that um, as we go on. But I, I thought tonight would have been a good night to rest Patty a little bit because, yeah, he, he's, he's still in his um, – maybe it's playing the post three-point contest slump curse that the Nets have had. 
which is a small sample size, but you know, you know what I mean? No, I, I totally do. And I think that like you both mentioned, now we can sort of see that the Nets have extra bodies and such. They have the luxury of going, okay, Cam Thomas is hot. Steve, maybe play him an extra couple of minutes. You know, he's hitting step backs. He's hitting his mid-range. He looked really solid and and, and really important tonight as a, just a good role player to give it that offensive spark. And, you know, when Paddy Mills isn't out there, you know, Cam Thomas is out there, you know, alongside Kyrie or Goran Dragic, and he can just create offense, you know, like in... Uh, like a guy who's played five, ten years in the league, and you know, and piggybacking off the Goran Dragic stuff, you know, the three ball, you know, really in momentum, really gave that sort of team a, a nice vibe heading into the end of the first quarter, uh, and then also, you know, the the scoopy sort of layup as well, um, that was just nice. It was just, it looked really pretty, and it's just like, how did he, like, how does it come out of your hand like that? I was just like, damn, like Goran Dragic has some. Some skills, and, and we know that, and I think that his presence is going to be super impo- super important. Um, Alec, you said uh, we're we're chatting here. We touched on Joe Harris a little bit. What have we heard since? So apparently, Woj said pregame specifically is that he's with the team and he's playing, which to me sounds like he's kind of in this practice. We know the Nets have had the stay ready group in the last few years as their third stringers who or building back towards being in the rotation, or bringing back someone from injury, which to me is the first semi-promising news we've had regarding Joe Harris in a long, long time. Like, the news for him, like the rumblings have not been positive in the ether. And and we know with Woj, he's always working with the Nets. Like, he's not speculating. He's in the know with Brooklyn. And so I'd say cautious optimism to a slight degree. Maybe. We'll see definitely positive in terms of the net spacing you know you add in joe just off the bench and you have joe you have patty with seth curry who was also like great tonight and you know finally on goran dragic the little things as well that doug was sort of alluding to the inbounds passes the level of trust that steve nash must, must have in him you know Kyrie Irving goes fully into the backcourt and it is a tough pass and we know the nets have had their issues with inbounds and end of game plays but those two, you know, the, and James Johnson as well, making a, a nice savvy pass. Both of those guys showing their vet leadership and, and savviness and composure in pretty goddamn important times of the game. But I think we should touch on Andre Drummond as well, lads, because we, we spoke about the highlights a little bit. But he had a double-double, near a near triple-double you know, for, for Andre Drummond tonight. 17 points, 12 boards, 5 assists, 2 steals, a block. Uh, in those 12 boards, 4 of them offensive, 79 from the field. 3-7 from the free-throw line. He's not a good free-throw shooter. We know that. But he did hit a couple of, uh, of important ones as well. Alec, what did you like about Andre Drummond tonight? I mean, the thing with Drummond is, like, when it's working, it's working so beautifully. And when it's not, it's not. But when it is, oh, my God, we saw tonight, like, the idea of a guy who's going who's gonna to get a hand on every rebound. Even if he doesn't grab it, there will always be a hand. And he's, he's a guy who will finish well around the rim and will set tough screens and can kind of create a little bit. Like, I think that floater he had midway through the fourth was really huge. The Bucks were really punching the nets with everything they had. They were hitting threes. And that, that little floater was just like another extra possession for Brooklyn, another two points to kind of keep them within striking range before the final push. For Drummond had one of his very on games. The five assists is especially characteristic. Sean Marks has talked about his passing ability and how it's underrated. And I agree. Sometimes he gets a little overzealous with those passes. But when it's working, it is working. 
just everything you want to see from an Andre Drummond performance tonight, even with the free throws, it's to be expected. Yeah, and something that's actually for a big man that he does pretty well is steals. He had two steals tonight. Like, that's pretty impressive. The one thing I was really disappointed in, and it's not his fault, he only played 29 minutes. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a conditioning thing, because obviously he played less minutes behind Embiid. That was something that I was like, he's one of your best available players. He should be playing over 30 minutes, at least in that 33 or more range. So I don't know if it's conditioning. Um, LA didn't have his best of his game. So I was like a little surprised. It was, they were just like playing between them. I honestly expected to see maybe some Blake action or maybe even Sharp to mix and match. But Drummond, man, like what a game. He's been one of our best. Like there are no pieces that we got back in the trade that were bad. Um, I mean, we don't know what we're going to do with first round picks yet. I expect to flip them, but let's not speculate too far into that. And um, yeah, go ahead, Jack. No, I think that you sort of mentioned on, on Drummond's terms of just like, he was plus 20 in those 29 minutes as well. Um, and LaMarcus Aldridge played 19 minutes, had 11 points, three boards, was minus 10. So there's your 48 minutes of center action. I think a lot of us were like, okay, let's get a bit of Blake. We know Blake, how he's matched up with, with Giannis in the past. Um, I think that's more Drummond's is almost, in, in the first quarter, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but he looked like, he was sweating like a madman. Whether that is just like, you know, again, he said, you know, heading into the All-Star break that, you know, he needs to work on his conditioning a little bit. And, and he probably was, but it doesn't take, you know, two weeks to sort of get your, your legs under you or whatever. And there's nothing that beats game reps uh, in that sense either. So I thought he was superb tonight. A truly awesome game from him. Um, and, you know, he is going to be important because we saw him on in, in possessions on Giannis tonight. And it was just like, he's holding his own. And it's sort of like, if you've got Drummond, you've got Blake, you got a bit of James Johnson whose hands were awesome tonight. I think you sort of touched on Andre Drummond and, and how he sort of like, you know, is, is stripping him a little bit. You know, I thought that James Johnson did a good job of that tonight as well. And, and Bruce Brand was really solid defensively when he was on Middleton um, as well as, you know, Drew and, and some of the other guys as well. So I think defensively, the Nets, you know, had they have a few extra options here. And Drummond isn't going to be, you know, Giannis or Rudy Gobert or whatever it might be. But I think he might be one of the better options on Giannis. Alec, am I... Reading too much into that and, and maybe overreacting to one game? Yeah. But Drummond, because the Nets have tried centers on Drummond, or on, not on Drummond, on Giannis for a long time. It's a guy like Jared Allen or Nick Claxton. Blake Griffin had some great success against him last year in the playoffs until he didn't. And Drummond is kind of the kind of guy that you want on um, Giannis because he is a big center with a big body, but he's nimble. Like, he will get in those passing lanes. Like Doug mentioned, he had the two steals tonight. He's a guy who's not afraid to go for that block against Giannis. He's, he's, a, he's a bit of a fool out there. He's, like, trying to make a play maybe when he should. But that's what you need against a superstar. Because if you just play him straight up and you let him get to his spot and you contest well, talent is talent. And it's going to go in. And Giannis has developed fadeaways and counters and, and pull-up three-pointers. He's too good not to. So a, a guy who's going to go out on a ledge a little bit and try to make a play against a superstar, it's what you want with that kind of body. Doug, what do you think? Is is Do you want to see more Blake heading into the postseason and possible future matchups? Or do you think it's Drummond, Blake, and obviously James Johnson, who had the majority of the assignment tonight? And I thought that defensively, you know, I thought he was actually pretty decent on him for the most part. It was just when, he, when Giannis was downhill, 
I don't think James Johnson's body positioning was amazing. But in the half court, I thought he was quite good. Um, but not many people can guard Giannis, you know, in the open court anyway. But yeah. what did you think? So open court, we, we didn't do great with Giannis. James Johnson actually had one great moment on the perimeter, but then he overplayed him and then Giannis got a driving lane. Like he was playing perfect perimeter defense for Giannis, and I was surprised. Um, my issue with Johnson had to do with his awareness when they were switching and communicating, and that's why Bobby Portis was so open and had a like a practically a Ray Allen-esque Bucks night. Um, I don't believe he beat or tied that record, which is awesome, I guess, um, for us. Selfishly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he – and the help defense was much better for Giannis than we've seen. And there was this moment where Giannis was running downhill towards the basket, and he bumped into Drummond, um, and he, he kind of, like, just bounced off him a little bit, like in the crazy house type of wall. So that was really cool to see. Um, I still had a lot of hate for Johnson. He did – when he got that block, he kind of shut me up. But like, I'm okay. I'm okay getting being wrong about these things. I still don't like it. I don't like having a two uh, guard lineup, and that's really all your spacing. Like, I was a little surprised. Bruce, I didn't want to take out because he was playing phenomenal. But like, when you have Bruce Johnson Drummond, I'm not sold on that. I don't care that it worked tonight. It's to me, it doesn't seem like a sustainable thing. But obviously, reinforcements are coming. But for a team that, I mean, maybe this is more of the Kenny Axton era and the early Sean Marks, but. I thought we were an analytical team. And sometimes I feel like we don't look at the box score. Like, you can't just always feel out the game. Um, that's all I'm going to say on that bit. No, yeah, I think it's an interesting point. And we can probably touch on James Johnson and Bruce Brown now. You know, all the starters were positive and plus minus, and all the bench guys were negative. You know, Cam Thomas was the closest with minus three. And I thought that if he had some extra game time, that would have probably turned positive as well. Uh, I'll touch on James Johnson, Bruce Brown. James Johnson, 35 minutes, two or six from the field, one or four from three. Don't know how he hit that. Uh, two or two from the free throw line, though. Had six boards, two assists, three blocks and a steal. Those are the sort of numbers where you're looking at with James Johnson. And Bruce Brown, who was incredible tonight. 15 points, five or 10 from the field, three of five from the perimeter. Hit both of his three throws, seven boards, including two offensive boards. Had two dimes as well. Was plus 18 on the night. Alec, Bruce Brown, James Johnson, I'll let you kick off wherever you want to go, mate. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think the resurgence of Bruce Brown should be talked about as much as any part of this team. His three-pointer has always been a little iffy. From about the corners, there's been some promise there. We've seen that in the past few years. And I, I don't want to bring up James Harden, but you have to when you talk about the difference this team has been. Both James Harden's passing, which even with the bad conditioning and whatnot, was a huge plus for this team, but also obviously the negative aspects that we've gone into plenty, I, I like to think. But for a guy like Bruce Brown, who, if we're being honest, so much of his career year last year came because of James Harden and his facilitating of pick and roll and his passing. And and Bruce Brown was short. I wrote about it. You can go read my work. Um, and then Harden leaves, and Bruce is the best he's looked all year. And he has those same quotes in Pokes game. I think it says a lot that he's able to reinvent himself in this way and, like, thrive even without the guy that made him thrive so much in the prior year. Doug, what do you think of Bruce? 
Um, like he's he's like himself without Harden, which is nice because I always felt this year Harden more felt like the elephant on his shoulder, and also Bembry like. Nets fans were ready to wave uh, Bruce, but now that Bembry's gone, although I love him, even though, well, I still love him because he kind of helped us out tonight. He had some good defense, but he kind of overplayed some guys, which is nice. Same with JC. Um, but you know, it's great to see him back, hopefully he'll be consistent. I feel like we could, um, we're playing him more in a that shooting guard, five-man type role where he's getting a little bit more access to the offense. He's, he needs to keep working on the corner so he can be that P.J. Tucker type momentum. Why am I like to Changing. I'm confused. I didn't say anything <laughs> to my Alexa. Creepy. Um, yeah, and um, something I just forgot to mention with James Johnson, someone said in that sort of space was funny that usually when Giannis has a mismatch in the post, he will body them until he gets so close. It's like near like skyhook range or something, just an easy make for him, kind of like what we'll hopefully see from Ben Simmons. But they joke that the reason why we didn't see as much on James Johnson, he kind of went for those like, fadeaways which are sometimes like a good counter for him but not as much tonight where he kind of got into old habits so it's like he was afraid if he hit james johnson the wrong way james johnson would hit back so right, perhaps Giannis was scared of the uh, black belt yeah i, I don't go mate i don't i don't know if you guys are aware of this but when james johnson signed with the nets there was this graphic that was resurfacing it's from it's from the ringer they have a bunch of smart guys there. I don't know who it was from specifically, but they they looked at like all the different wing defenders that had guarded Giannis in the past few years, and James Johnson was like the first tiered one from like his time with the Heat, and I think he was on Dallas. Timberwolves, maybe Pelicans for a little bit. Dallas, yep. yeah. You're gonna have so, to deep dive and find that. We'll definitely appreciate that because I I know some I, other I, players who were, who were good on him like AG. Aaron Gordon was definitely one of them, and obviously Bam at a bio. I remember like on the top of another list, but that so that's something like I would love to quietly. see later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been like quietly into like the James Johnson Giannis matchup. Obviously, it didn't really come to fruition in the opening night, but clearly now it, it is a little more. Yeah, I think that James Johnson and Bruce Brown were immense defensively tonight. Yes, I think James Johnson had a couple of mistakes in terms of some of his rotations and, and Bobby Porter's having 40 million open threes, but he blocked the one that mattered as, as Doug was sort of alluding to. And you know, blocking a three-point shot is not an easy thing to do. You know, the one that springs to mind for me is like Zion Williamson, but Zion Williamson is like a 20-year-old physical freak. James Johnson is like a vet. And that was, and, and funnily enough, he made probably too deep of a rotation closing out uh, in on Giannis, but then he just so quickly, rapidly gets out to the corner to block that three. And, you know, James and, and ben, ben Simmons and KD were, you know, whacking him on the bum. And it's just like, yeah, mate, yeah, you, you get, you hit that one. And it was just like, that was an incredible defensive play. One of the, and you know, the, we, we saw Andre Drummond blocking Giannis under the Kumpo. Like we saw two incredible defensive displays tonight um, from some of our role players. And, and that's saying something, and it gives you hope against a team that is, you know, a genuine contender for the championship. And we know that the Nets have matched up pretty well when they've gone against them and they've been at least somewhat healthy. The Nets weren't even somewhat healthy tonight and they were able to, you know, get the W on, you know, the opposing court as well. You know, and this wasn't even at the clay. So um, an incredible performance. And I, I was, I'm also, doing, I did live myself a little bit of an Alec and, and looked up some stats and stuff. Bruce Brown is only the fourth time he's had three or more, three threes in, in a game. You know, it's happened in, in 2019, 2020, and twice in 2020. And tonight was his fourth time where that happened. Thank you to Stat Muse for that one. And it was just, his form is good. Am I wrong, Alec? 
No, no, you're not wrong. His form is a little slow, but yeah. it makes sense. There's a clear progression. There's a clear arc. His release is high, which is a bit over-exaggerated, but it's fine. He's just, he's not, and it's weird, because it's, his floaters are usually a really good indication of shooting ability, and we know he was really good on floaters last year. I guess the touch, the touch is just inconsistent with Bruce. Doug, in terms of Bruce Brown's defense tonight, is it going to go unnoticed to an ex- to an extent? Because I thought some of the stuff that he was doing on Middleton especially, um, it seems to me his defensive consistency has come back a little bit, you know, and in, in the sort of, you know, kerfuffle of James Harden and whatever, Bruce Brown was overfouling and was over-exuberant, was being overly physical. But it seems to me he's got that balance a little bit again. Yeah, I mean, he definitely seemed more physical. Like, sometimes you couldn't even see him. Maybe it was because of the camera angle. But it was, like, the mouse literally just grabbing the cheese um, from the rats. Like, it was interesting how he kind of weaved his way into those areas. He only had three personal fouls, which was interesting. Um, all, all our starters were um, pretty foul-heavy, especially Drummond. I can't believe he almost fouled out. But it was the intensity and energy, Bruce. Like, it was the Bruce we fell in love with, the Bruce that deserved to get paid well. Um and something when we're yeah. talking about stats and blocks from our guys, this was a huge stat I just noticed while I was looking at ESPN's. The Bucks had zero blocks, mm. I um, think- which is very. I, I feel like it's atypical for them, especially when you have a guy like Giannis, and obviously they now have Ibaka. Um, I thought that was really atypical. That fact that we beat them in that stat I- category because that's not something I'm more known for. No, not at all. And I, and I think some of it might be Doug. Sorry for jumping in. Is the nature of how the Nets were beating the the Bucks offensively. Kyrie Irving was actually quite aggressive in getting to to the rack and had a couple of occasions where it's just like, how can you not be calling that stuff? Um, and I think it happens to him and KD more than any other players just because they're just so good at just hitting the impossible shot, even though they're getting fouled, whether it's a hit on the arm or you know a push to the body or a nudge here and there. So I think that... It sort of suits, you know, you know, Cam Thomas is an awesome mid-range shooter. Seth Curry's an awesome mid-range shooter. Um, and, you know, Bruce was obviously hitting his threes. And, and Andre Drummond was getting, you know, a lot of this sort of stuff downstairs and, and getting the offensive board and such. So Marcus Aldridge, also an off, awesome offensive mid-range player. And Drag is obviously, you know, a decent, you know, three-level scorer in, in certain respects. And, and Kessler Edwards, you know, has been okay in that part too. So it sort of works out kind of well in that department. So I, I – and I guess on Seth Curry – Nine, 19 points is something that when, when I'm looking at the box, I'm like, he had 19 points. 19 points, 4 of 8 from 3, 6 of 11 from the field, 3 of 4 from the free throw line. Also had 3 assists, a steal, a block. Alec, what did you think of Seth Curry's game tonight? There's an old adage in that, it's really just something my dad likes to say, that you sometimes you hate losing more than you like winning. And I'd apply that to someone like Seth Curry or Joe Harris's three-point shooting. In that you expect the makes so often, the misses stand out even more. So he went four for eight from three tonight, which is great. Four for eight from shooting is fantastic. But I remember the miss in the end. I remember a miss in the third quarter. Because the makes are just so automatic with this guy. It's like, oh yeah, Seth Curry is like a fire shooter. And and it's something it's something we've already taken for granted, like five or six games into his Nets tenure. That what you think yeah, of Seth? He, he was phenomenal. I honestly felt like it was a quiet game for him. Like I, I didn't feel maybe it's because I'm watching on TV and not at the Clays. Like what he did was phenomenal. But like what I said about Drummond in minutes, he only played 29. 
I was really like flabbergasted that that's how much he played. But like I said, he had a plethora of guards available. And this is kind of leading to the point that I thought Patty probably should have rested more. I'm not tragic if that was the purpose, but I, I genuinely don't know what goes through the coaching staff's mind ever. So, um, I, you know, they're, they're always, there always need to be a Curry in the league is what I'm finding out. Cause he, he, he's a journeyman to being so consistent. It's something you love to see. Um, I feel bad for the Mavs who traded him away. Um, Cause so far everywhere he's been going, good things have been happening. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Alec. I hope I hope Drogic starts against um against Toronto. Maybe a little Levin wants to talk about March tenth and Ben Simmons against the Sixers. Let Goron have some revenge on his old team. But I think I think Patty Mills can really settle into this bench role. And I think Goran Drogic is the right ball handler to replace Kyrie for those games, assuming neither Toronto or New York changes their mandate on extremely short notice. Um I think he should be stepping into that spot. Yeah, I think he's a more natural point guard and a more natural ball handler in terms of setting up the offense. I, I actually like some of the you know, Dragic had to assist and, and some of the early chemistry he showed with the Marcus Aldridge I thought was promising as well. Um, I, I thought that was really, really nice. And um, he obviously had a nice defensive play, which I forgot to mention too, on, on Sergi Barker sort of forcing the miss off him. Um, but you know, touching on Seth Curry as well, you know, the one of the threes that he did miss was a blatant foul as well. Like he was just, he had his legs taken under him. He was tunneled like in a big way. And I'm pretty sure Steve Nash was actually quite vocal on that occasion, which was good to see too. And then, you know, a couple of possessions later, or it might've been a quarter or two later, he hits a, a, a three with an and one uh, as well. I think it was on Grace and Allen. And it's just like, okay, well, if you're not going to call the fouls, I'm going to make it. And I'm going to make it a four point play. Um, the Nets have three of the best three point shooters statistically, you know, in active players, you know, Postseason, Seth Curry is, is incredible. Paddy Mills has obviously had his big moments as well. So Seth Curry is an, an absolute weapon. Um, and he, again, you know, 29 minutes for him. You could easily have, have, have jacked that up to, to the early 30s, if not the mid-30s. So any, Alec, did you want to touch on you know, maybe Cam Thomas's game? Four of nine from the field, nine points, one of three from three. And that three was something else in saying that. Had a board, two assists. Also had a steal. I know you mentioned, I think, some of his defense on your timeline as well. Overall, how did you assess this Cam Thomas performance? I think I think Cam, like a lot of what I mentioned today, is was just another guy who stepped in during those three or four minutes when he needed to keep the ship afloat. Because ultimately, from watching this game, this was a game, even though the Nets led like in a big way in the third quarter, where they were just kind of keeping it going until those final few minutes, and they got a few things to go their way, and that's all they needed to win. And Cam Thomas stepped up when he needed to step up. He hit that three, like you said, with the clock winding down. He hit a few of those mid-range shots. Ultimately, I don't think this was a great Cam Thomas performance. I think he was forcing it a bit in the pick and roll. I don't think he's a lead ball handler. I think he's a secondary action guy. I think the shots he takes are way better with four seconds on the shot clock than 14 seconds on the shot clock. But he's a rookie, and I think this is the role we're going to have to get more used to him seeing. He's not going to be leading the MSG comebacks every other night. He's going to be playing 14 minutes off the bench, and that's okay. It's where he, he, it's where he needs to be right now. Oh, yeah, and as far as defense, it's not good, but that's whatever. Yeah, so jumping off the defense thing, I've heard that that was part of the reason why he didn't play so much in the early parts of the season is his defense. 
Um, and unlike Joe Harris, he's a inside out player where he needs to hit that midi once or twice before he starts shooting that three. And that's why I've noticed his game's the best. Like he has a really like interesting, I mean, there's so many interesting things about the way he shoots his feet are looking a different way from his head and just like, but he needs to do the midi before he goes outside. Um, he, he does have a Harden-esque game, like his play speed is very similar. He's also like a more burly type guard as of now. But like I said, he's a rookie. It's fine. But man, when he hits those tough shots, it's cam time, baby. It's oh, cam yeah. time. It's chef cam time, killer cam time. And, you know, he had the personal five-point stretch to end that third quarter. Yeah, third quarter. And, you know, what was you – know, I think the step back was, you know, classic cam. But that little hesitation layup as well was just like – he's got insane footwork. He's an incredible offensive player in terms of the, the bag that he does have. And, you know, he's a joy to watch. I think we've all enjoyed watching him quite a bit this season. Before we get to some KD and Ben, ben Simmons updates – Alec, was there anything else about this game that you wanted to touch on? Yeah, I think I think we've talked about James Johnson a little bit. And I think that's pretty – and Doug has touched on a few of the negatives of this game. I think that's pretty reflective of where the Nets are in the forward position at the moment. Kessler Edwards hit a three, but he wasn't all that impressive in general. And I think his drop-off has been pretty steep and sudden. Not unexpected. It's been fair. Um so every time I watch the Nets, I'm like, damn, they really are missing things at the forward. And then you remember, oh, yeah, they have Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, two of the best forwards in the NBA coming back soon. But what kind of roles do they play? Is Ben Simmons more of a center? We know Kevin Durant's a very on-ball type of player. Ultimately, I don't think Kessler Edwards will get upgraded to that standard contract. I hope he does. I hope there's an opportunity for someone else to get a two-way. But I just don't see it happening. I don't see a cut candidate for him. So I think the Nets will really have to rely heavily on Durant and Simmons at those forward spots. I think it'll be interesting to see how much run James Johnson gets as that next guy. Anything else about the game for you, Doug? Yeah, so I was just looking at the stats again because um, I, I made some jokes to my dad. Um, I want to take a look at the free throws. 65.8%. They shot a total of attempted 38 and only made 25 so that means Mr. Whammy had 13 points. <laughs> My Nets grandpa did some well. So if you see him, give him some love. Own him some flowers. Boost his ego because you know it's already high as hell. And what a game by uh, Mr. Whammy. Um, I think it, we've touched upon pretty much everything. I'm looking through the stats one more time. But the, I did want to see more variety with our bigs because obviously I didn't want to fully trust in James Johnson. And obviously L.A. didn't have his best game because he struggled with the defense, the movement. So I, I felt like this could have been an interesting game for Blake, um, Sharp, and even Clax. Um, I even thought David Duke Jr., but that was more so if Bruce Brown was um, not playing as well. That's pretty much what I have in the box. Shout out to Mr. Whammy for having a career night, probably a career night this season, honestly. I don't remember that many free throws. But then again, I don't uh, stalk the box scores as much as I used to. Trouble. Yeah. I mean, just just looking at this Bucks box score, I, I try to be professional and be as be as collect as I can, but there's one player on the box I really do a strong hate for. Are you telling me it's the Nosses onto the Kumpo didn't touch the floor tonight? With a, with a <laughs> that's DNP probably, CD? That's probably lost. They're, they're Theo Pinson did not play tonight. Yep. I mean, Bem, Bembry and... Okay, Bembry's solid, but Javon Carter gets nine minutes and the Nosses seems zero. I... I, I really just don't like the the other Antetokounmpo brother. Maybe it's the antics from the playoff season last year, but 
something about him just rubbed me the wrong way. So to see him take an L and sit on the bench will make me a little happy tonight. And we're an hour into this recording or whatever, so I can say that now. No, definitely can, man. Absolutely can. Uh, we'll finish off with some KD and Ben Simmons updates. We've got about 40 million KD updates, and you guys can see with the links that I've got on my Google Doc. But the most recent one, the most important one, comes via our guy, Doug's guy, Alex guy for that, Mark, um, as well. Uh, Chris Mulholland, uh, Steve Nash said it's likely Kevin Durant doesn't play in either game against the Raptors. Alex, is that cap? Um, Steve Steve Nash has been a, a terrific cap artist this year. <laughs> Credit to him. He deserves no slack. Steve Nash has done his job in a great way. I believe it. I just don't really understand it because the message that we got pregame was that he was one more benchmark away, which was a full contact practice without any setbacks. And I'm not sure if that's our holding practice during a game, but usually teams don't do that. So I'm not really sure where this setback or update could have come. That, that's a live guy, yeah. yeah I mean, when it comes to KD, I, I think if he passes tomorrow, he's got the golden door available to him. Um, with the Benson setback thing, um, I did have a first, and it's unfortunate that Champ's getting all that credit right now. Um, but hopefully, see him soon. Um, I'm very my, eager. My my Go theory ahead. with KD is that he needs one. Is they say he needs one more practice, and without without incident, I think was the word used. I'm not sure. And there's a chance the Nets just don't practice because they play on Monday in in Barclays, and then they'll be right off to Toronto on Tuesday. And we've already gotten word that the Nets are off tomorrow on Sunday, no practice, nothing like that. So there might not just be a chance for KD to be, to be like, getting that one more practice, which I think is a mistake. Like, I don't, I don't care if they're not practicing tomorrow. Get them in the gym. Get them playing against Toronto. Those are some two very big games. Massive games. Absolutely massive games, given the – the seeding, given where the Nets stand in their seeding, and obviously, you know, division rival, all those sort of different things, tiebreakers, all those things that are going to matter in what is a, a very clustered East. Look, uh, I could see KD maybe play, you know, the, the second Raptors game, but if he doesn't, I think he's back the, the game after. I think we can probably set that mm-hmm. in stone. You know, we see, I think uh, Steve Nash was saying, you know, he's going to be back within the week. That's the report that we also got. So, the, we at least know that Kevin Durant will be back sooner rather than later. And, you know, that's a scary proposition for the rest of the league because we know what he was doing when he was out there. He was playing MVP level basketball, one of the best players in the league, both ends of the floor. You know, he was leading, you know, teams like, you know, he was leading teams like Kyrie was tonight against some of the, the better teams in the league and, and getting W's. So if we get KD back and then Ben Simmons gets acclimated and gets over his back, we'll touch on a little bit on that in, in a sec. So, Hopefully, 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 hopefully. Um, hopefully it is cap. Let's just put it that way. Um, in any other KD stuff, lads, before we get on to uh, my Aussie brethren, Ben Simmons. Wait till the sleeping giant or the monster, whatever Dimwitty once called him, comes back. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Don't sleep on them. Definitely do not sleep on them. I have way too many links here in terms of the Sham Serrania updates and, and so many other updates and the back stuff and all that sort of thing. But the report that we did get via Sham Sarania in relation uh, to the uh, to Ben 10, net star Ben Simmons is dealing with back soreness in the reconditioning process that requires further strengthening of the area over a period of time before a return to action. He also did mention the fact of the 
the landmark game, the March 10 game against the Philadelphia 76ers on when he's touch and go when he'll be back by then. Alec, do you think he'll be back by then? Where do you see? We heard Iron Eagle sort of report this on one of his broadcasts as well. Shout out to to the GOAT, to the Eagle. Um, this Ben Simmons news, you know, how do you feel about it? I don't care. Specifically, I don't care about the March 10th benchmark date game. Who cares? I'm sorry. Maybe it's because I'm not a fully plugged in Sixers person and I haven't been around this for five years. But I just don't think it matters all that much. Like, I've heard some rumors that I cannot confirm that, like, oh, everyone thinks it'd be better for him to avoid that game. I'm like, no, I don't think so. I think he's just a player who hasn't played in a while, and we don't know what he did in the past few months, and now he's getting worked back in, and his back is a little sore, and they're taking it slowly because of the Nets. I don't think they're looking at March 10th like, oh, we must avoid that game by, by all means. Like, no, it's not... It's a basketball game. Like, who? It's, oh, my God. That's my feeling. Doug, so where do you stand with Ben Simmons? If he's not ready, he's not ready. But obviously, as a fan, I want him there. Um, I want to be the person that Philly fans are to everyone. I'm not going to do that because you know how they are. They are some of the worst fans in the league. Them and the James Harden stands, and now they're all together. So it's a. Uh... A level of toxicity that I don't think many of us... Yeah, they've do. surpassed the Celtics, and I'm not just saying that for recency bias. Um, no. But I've I, just heard enough stories, and I've been to their arena as an opposing fan, and I am non-confrontational. So if you get mad at me for chanting for my team, come on. Uh, look, oh, I, that, that Yeah. We, so the one quick tangent about that. Go uh, uh, Philly. Um, so the Bobby of the uh, Brooklyn Brigade wanted to set up a group trip. Um. Ticket offices were like, we can only give you like groups of like three to four tickets. So, yeah, you could say they're more popular now, obviously. Or you can also say, and I'm going to say this for my ego and for the Nets fans' ego, they saw what we did in MSG. They don't want that. Yes, sir. Or they know that their fans are so toxic, they'll start a fight. Because last time, some of our fans got water bottles thrown at them, spit at them, cursed, and other... We're not going to go into it, but basically it defeats the code of conduct that the league mandates. No, it certainly does. And and in terms of Ben Simmons, you know, I think you might have put this on your timeline, Doug, as well. You know, he's had back issues before at the start of the year, I think, before he was even when he was like arriving with the Sixers and sort of turning up to their. Yeah, arena. so those back th- things have been noticed. Um, someone pointed out to me, they sent me a thread of te- uh, DMs from previous tweets that even in the bubble, like, yes, the bubble, he's had some back things. Um, so I can send that to you afterwards. Um, but maybe, maybe his reps, you know, if you haven't, you lifted too many weights and your back's not ready for it, maybe, maybe slept funny for way too many days, whatever futon or whatever he's sleeping on since he moved here, maybe he's not good. I don't know, but um, get your Tempur-Pedic or whatever, get your back straight. Um, I remember when um, Karolinko and KG had back spasms quite on the reg, and that really sucked. So let's get um, let's get back into it. Oh yes, love the puns <laughs> here, Buzz. No, I, I I totally agree with that. And and Nick actually mentioned I can't remember if it was the last episode or the episode before about you know Ben Simmons' back issues that he's been dealing with for a while, and you don't want to mess with that sort of stuff. I think I saw a funny tweet. I was going to steal it, um, but I think someone was sort of saying you know Ben Simmons, you know. 
a mid-20s guy with back issues and dealing with some mental health stuff, there is no more relatable superstar in the league. So I think that that was... That, that is factual. I thought it was going to be the one where he was carrying a beads. Um, no, yep. I know yeah, you... I know we, we were in, um, but I, I thought that one was a little too cap for me. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I chant things that I believe in. Um, there are sometimes you chant certain things opposed to me, like, your brother's better, but I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. Like, no. I'm an authentic. I'm not going to call someone like Giannis... Overrated or overpaid. So, like, don't catch me with the cat. Nope. I got it. You as authentic as it comes, my friend. Alec, anything else you wanted to touch on with Nets? Well, whether it's injury stuff, whether it's Joe Harris stuff, whether it's this game, you know, what did you want to finish off with, mate? I just, I think it's important to enjoy the game as a singular item and what it is, which is a great singular game. And I don't think, like, the Nets have had multiple moments of ecstasy in the past few weeks whether it's like the Eric Adams confirming the mandate is going away or the win against in Madison Square Garden or even the first win against the Kings to snap the losing streak. It's going to get worse before it gets better, but that's okay because you have a game like this and that needs to be sustained and enjoyed for what it is, even if it's not going to ride you off into glory right Doug. away. Oh, yep. Doug? Yeah, I mean... I still want to see Ben Simmons play. Like, I still have my bias against him. I found him a very young, arrogant guy who thought he was the next coming of LeBron and didn't really do anything. Yeah, his defense great. But all I got to say, seeing that he's with us, so I, I want to change my tone quicker than I did. Well, I never changed with our Andre Bargain. I still hated him. Um, oh, and shout out to Reggie Evans because Andre Drummond is, like, our best rebounder since Reggie Evans. Like, I get so excited when I see him make a free throw. But back to Ben Simmons. Um it's hero time, baby. It's hero time. Ben 10, baby. For those that, obviously, we are an audio platform. Uh, Doug was showing us one of his wonderful photoshops. And look, I think, Alec, you know, you sort of echo the sentiments that, you know, Nick and I, we've recapped 400, 500 games or whatever else it might be. And, you know, we always sort of preach, enjoy the journey. And sometimes you haven't, you don't enjoy the journey when there's so many losses happening and, you know, we're having to do a recap of the, like the Boston Celtics game. Well, I didn't have to do it, but Nick did. Um, so, yeah, definitely enjoy the ride. It's going to be a bumpy one, but you know, there's going to be – it's going to be fun. We'll, we'll have some fun along the way, and I've certainly had fun today. Ali, tell the people where they can find you. I am on Twitter at Alec underscore Sturm, S-T-R-M. I write for Nets Daily. I had a really fun piece recently on Thon Maker, one of Jack's Australian players, I'm sure. McCurr. We really appreciate McCurr. you check that out. McCurr? Yeah, is it really? I literally, I remember hearing this a while ago, and I was sort of like blown away by it, that it's just like, it's McCurr, but everyone calls me Maker, and I don't really care about it. So McCurr, if you call him that, and he might be like, hey, Alec, are you calling me some McCurr? But nonetheless, check that piece out. Make sure you follow Alec on Twitter. I'll um, ask him tomorrow. Go for it. Go for it, mate, and let me know how, how it goes. And um, hopefully I'm right and I don't get you in trouble. Uh, Doug, where can the people find you, mate? If they're not following you, then they're not doing the right thing. Yeah, well, unfortunately, because I'm private, it's harder to follow me. But um, if you have some signifiers in your profile when you follow me on D Barak, so that's D is in Doug, obviously, and Bear like the animal, so B E A R, and then A K like the weapon. None of you should have access to. Um, so D Barak, <laughs> any social media you find me. I'll likely accept, but make sure that you're not some Bitcoin jockey or something like that. I, I want to know you're an authentic person. We're Otherwise, authentic. you're not getting that accept. We're all authentic here in Nets world. Brooklyn buzz, baby. Lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. This has been hella fun. It was a hella fun night. It was an awesome night for Nets world. Make sure you subscribe to the Brooklyn buzz on all stream, plat stream platforms. 
Five stars if you can. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And we'll be back very soon for some of those Toronto games. That's well, baby. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.